Welcome to the Gridiron 4th and 1 podcast. My name is Rishi and I am your host and with me my co-host today after six weeks of not recording we are back and my co-host his name is Ashok. Ashok how are you doing? I'm doing good Um, although the six weeks of not recording is just on this feed. You've been busy building the Rishi Misha podcast. So. That is that is true. Uh, for those of you that are wondering, the, the off-topic stuff that we did a lot on the Gridiron 4th and 1 podcast, um, I decided to do my own spin-off, uh, the Rishi Misha podcast, to give people something to listen to and to have a, a reason for guests to come on in a shorter period, like format and make it a little less nerve-wracking for them to hopefully come on. So if you want to be a guest, if you want to listen to that, by all means, the Rishi Mishra Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Rishi Mishra Podcast. Um, you can also just message us on the Gridiron. I can give you the details there because I am the host of both podcasts. So, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, putting that out there. I, I completely forgot about that. So, yeah. Not a problem. Want to talk football? Yeah, let's talk football. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about fantasy football because that's what this podcast is about. Uh, it's been a lot of stuff that's happened in the last six weeks, especially within our fantasy football league. I think uh, one of the clear things in our fantasy football league at this point in the season with three weeks left to go is that uh, there are six clear teams that are going to make the playoffs. And I'm just going to name them. Sorry for the other six teams that didn't make it or just inevitably are not going to make it. The six teams are Andrew Gibson, uh, Andrew Gibson, Ashok, myself, which I don't know why I didn't put myself before Ashok, because I am technically in fourth, uh, Ashok, Amar, and Nardo. Those are the six teams, and we're pretty much all guaranteed to make the playoffs. We are all separated by one game. The bottom three of those six, myself, Gibson, and Andrew, are all seven and four, and the top three uh, Nardo, Amar, and Ashok are all eight and three. So one game apart, a lot of points there uh, that could um, could sway things, especially if one of the teams loses, which honestly is looking like each of those teams is winning every week and uh, just kind of maintaining that that uh, consistent flow. So I don't know that that's going to change, but I don't know what your thoughts are on, on the six teams so far that we got that are basically making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's not – it's not completely eliminated. I mean, I would still say Zane and Kieran have an outside chance if people start losing and they keep winning. Um, the problem is, is they do have to make up the points. Um, and so it, it will be based off, they'll have to call in based off wins and I don't think they'll get the tiebreaker based on points. Yeah. Um, Especially cause I mean, Kieran is playing Nardo this week and Nardo, uh, Already, it's Friday, and Nardo has 111 points. And for those of you wondering, does he have any players left to play? Yes. Yes, he does. He has three three players left to play with 111 points total. Uh, he's going to absolutely destroy. So I, I think Huron's already lost at this point. And, and it's happened. And it's – I – you know, I like your optimism for those other teams, but uh, I, th- I think it's, I don't know. For me, it's clear. It's just a matter of seeding and who gets to buy. I think uh, the team, I'm just like, for me, the team that I don't want to face is is probably Nardo's team, at least not initially, not at the beginning. But 
I mean, at some point you're probably going to have to face them. But if there's a team of those six that don't want to play in the playoffs, it's Nardo's team. I don't know if you have a specific team that you think is dangerous. Do you agree with that? Um, Nardo, yes, I agree. I mean, it's hard to disagree, especially with this um, this week's um, outburst. But honestly, as like – and this will definitely be there to bite me in the end, but – the only person I'm really worried about is Tyree Kill on his team. Justin Jefferson? We will see if Josh when Dobbs, he comes back. If yeah. Josh Dobbs is uh, the same yeah. way as Kirk like, Cousins. Yeah, he won't be. He likes to run the ball. And, um, you know, plus he's going to develop a rapport with some of the other receivers like Hawkinson and Addison to be specific. So, I like – I find it hard to believe that he will chuck it up to Jefferson as much as Kirk Cousins did. That's like that's sure. the biggest thing. Plus, soft tissue in, tissue injuries notoriously hard to predict, um, and it's yeah, it, it remains to be seen. I mean, everybody else is good. Like Dak had forty points, but that can go up. Tony Pollard has had a disappointing year. Yes, up until this game. Yep. Kyron um, Williams coming back from injury. Who knows how good he'll be or if he might get re-injured again. Correct. And then Puka uh, Nukua um, because he's dependent on Matt Stafford, yep. who not Could, the healthiest guy. Exactly. Um, Zay Flowers. Weirdly, like the Ravens are like the worst good team you've seen. Like, yeah, they, they just – they win games. Their defense is they're great. They're very dumb. And then like they just give it to Gus Edwards and then, you know – Although maybe with um, what's his name, Mark Andrews out, Flowers will get more. Yeah, but he. I mean, I, I will say with 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 Justin Jefferson, I don't think he'll be starting Zay Flowers. I think it'll be Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Puka Nakua. Is and actually he has T Higgins on his bench. Now, granted, T with Higgins Jake with Jake Browning, not a great option. So yes, I agree. Uh, but so then, uh, is there is there a specific team that you're more? Are you more afraid of Omar? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. like hands down. Like um, everybody, when I look at a Mars team, like I think the wor- the only player I am not worried about is George Kittle because he's so boom bust. Yes, like he can have amazing games, but then like he'll have four games with like below seven points. Right, um, and I think Eckler, Cup. Uh, I take it back. Waddle got a little luck. It was this is a better game for Waddle yes. today? He's been disappointing. But everybody else is either on a great offense or just an amazing player, like Jonathan Taylor, Josh Allen, Eckler, like Cooper Cup. These guys get the workload. Christian Kirk is on a good offense. Um, and uh, I don't know if I would. Uh, I guess here's there's a couple of things there. One, you say he's on a good offense. I think they are very roller coastery. There are times where it's just like, oh wow, the Jags look great, and then there's times where it's just like, what the f just happened? And Trevor Lawrence is like, looks like freaking. Justin Fields out there, and you're just like, how is this possible? Let's, let's settle down. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence does not look like Justin Fields. But, um, he is the then, prince that was promised, and he will deliver me okay. to the next few weeks of fantasy glory. And Thanks, Trevor. The, the only thing with George Kittle, I agree he's boom bust, and I think part of his bust right now is that um, with Debo Samuel back and with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and Ayuk still coming on, uh, I, I, th- I do think that you know, Debo Samuel is a big, big person that came back that's going to steal a lot of the stuff he would get. I mean, it, it's, you know, he might have one good week where mm-hmm. he catches a touchdown. But it's, 
And yeah. yet it may not matter. Yeah, it may not. It may, it's true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm honestly, uh, I'm, I'm thinking like, I looked at the schedule and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see either yourself, Nardo or Amar losing uh, anytime soon. And I, because I'm, I'm trying to as one game behind, but I have more points than all of you except Nardo. I'm hoping that I can just, you know, jump that one game and get the, get a second, get a, get a buy in the first round. And I think the only way that I'm going to be able to do that is I beat Omar in the last week. It's, it's going to be tough because it's a, it's a pretty close projected matchup right now just for that, that last week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, honestly, and I'd ha- not only would I have to beat Amar, I'm, I'm realizing you'd also have to lose, which I'm kind of hoping maybe Litwin can do. Hopefully, uh, he's another strong team that you're going to have to play. So yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe this week uh, I can get lucky and you'll you'll somehow lose because uh, it's kind of somewhat even right now in your matchup. Um, two kind of duds for both of you, so. We'll see how it goes, but that is that is the state of our league right now. We also had some uh, some. I'm gonna switch real quick to some commissioner stuff that happened. Uh, commissioner had a rule on on basically IR players uh, that were then active, and they were no longer technically on IR, but they were still in the IR slot. Uh, as I was reading the situation, it was extremely hilarious to me. Uh, what was going on, and um, I don't know if you have any comments on that, but basically uh, the commissioner dealt with it at the end of the day, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it's a situation where you're not, once an IR player is activated off the injured reserve by the actual NFL team, uh, we have to, as our as if he's part of your fantasy roster, you have to activate him from the IR spot. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think it's a like I would not have personal. I, I don't think I did personally vote for this rule. Um, I think I voted against it, but that is the rule, and so we're going with it. Um, I understand that it gives people an extra advantage of a player, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like it's it's a t- it's hard. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me to carry another player. I understand that like you want to get the extra transaction cost um, to make it fair that way, but that was the rule. So I was like, and it, I'll be honest, it did not affect me anyway. So <laughs> I was like, whatever, what, whatever the majority. So, yeah. but yeah, um, that was the, that was like the mild controversy of the weekend. So uh, I think it got resolved without incident. So. Yes, this is true. And uh, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the commissioner and I don't have to deal with this stuff. So thank you to Nooney for being our wise and wonderful commissioner. Um, and also uh, there were, I don't know if we um, discussed it, but there were a lot of trades that happened since we last talked. Uh, October 12th was the last time we had a podcast that was not uh, predictions and or commissioner rankings. A lot of trades that happened. Um, I know, for example, one of the trades that, so for my team, uh, since I know my team best, I will just say I managed to obtain Devontae Adams. I also managed to obtain Alan Ross St. Brown uh, on my team. 
And I also, the third person that I obtained was TJ Hawkinson. Uh, all of these were obtained through trades of players along with a whole ton of cap space for future years. Um, and part of the reason why I personally am fine with what I did and why I'm fine giving up the amount of cap space that I had to give up is because, uh, one, I'm trying to win now. And two, even though I gave up a large amount of cap space, I still have over $200 in cap space for each of the next two seasons. And that includes having Kenneth Walker and James Cook on my roster for next year. So I think I'm, I'm still in a good spot for next year along with this year, but I'm trying to mainly win this year, like win the championship. That's the goal. Uh, if I got to sell out a little bit, I'm okay with that uh, for, for next year's cap space. I very much realize I'm only getting two top wide receivers, not three. So why not? Um, that's that's kind of where I'm at with my trades. I know um, you had made some trades as well, along with uh, Andrew Litwin. I know he had made some trades and Nardo had made some trades. I, I think uh, Nardo, Nardo ended up trying to get T. Higgins. Uh, I don't know how well that's going to work out for him. Andrew, I believe, got Keenan Allen, uh, and that worked out well at least last last week for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately did not get Keenan Allen despite trying, so I was like very, I was very disappointed. But hey, you know what? I will gladly take Amonara St. Brown and Devontae Adams with Antonio Pierce seems to be much much better. So stick with that. And uh, you had made some trades as well. You want to go over your trades? Yeah, sure. Um, once I started the like season off with like a, a winning record despite having low point total um i decided i was like okay you know similar to you i was like all right might as well go for it this year um it seemed to have because i feel like most years i start off very slow and i'm just catching up trying to get the fifth or sixth seed uh whereas this year i actually started off like four and one at least i think yeah. and but i i was in significantly in the like it was significantly in the bottom half of points scored. Yeah. And so did you, you realize that probably, hey, this is not sustainable. I need to, yes. to fix this while I'm still ahead. Exactly. Um, and so I feel like I made some aggressive trades. Um, I would like to say I think I gave up the most salary cap ever for a trade when I gave up 11 bucks for Kamara. For, for you personally or in the league? I think the league. I don't think anybody's given up. More than ten dollars in a year. In a given year, that is, uh, well, I guess I'm not sure. I mean, you correct me wrong. I don't. Yeah, have I mean, if for the very next year, I, um, I, or in general, if somebody's given up more, I don't know. But I mean, in my trades, I've given up more combined. I mean, yeah, my, I'm just saying for one year. Yeah, for one year. I mean, for one year, for example, Devonte Adams is is definitely more for 2025. Oh, how much you give up? Uh, it was thirteen dollars. Uh, oh, okay. But with a with the caveat that he finishes in the top twelve, then it becomes eighteen. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, significant. so so significant, um, and it's, it's a significant amount of money for Devonte Adams right now. He is thirteenth. So please stay at thirteenth. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I picked up uh, Kamara, um, who with our PP, half PPR format is golden. <laughs> Um, and then I picked up a player that I had shit on in the preseason pod with Kieran in Rashad White. Um, and because I realized my running backs were not getting it done. So I just have a motley crew after that, like Jaleel McLaughlin and Justice Hill, who I still think is good, but the Ravens refused to admit it given carries. So um, I had to pick up Rashad White. So now I actually have like a legitimate running back 
um, room. And um, yeah, and I'm just hoping Trevor Lawrence turns it around. Travis Kelsey holds steady as the number one tight end and hope that carries me to at least like 100, 110 points every week and hopefully put some spike weeks. Um, it'll, you know, that'll carry me to victory in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think um, that theme is consistent. I think that theme is consistent throughout our league for the top six is that the folks that are in the top six tend to have uh, two good running backs. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Gibson's got McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Nardo has uh, Kyra Williams and and Tony Pollard. Uh, mm-hmm. At times, he can be good. Obviously, he has the potential. Um, his his he leans on his wide receivers a little bit more to, to help offset Tyra, uh, Tony Pollard's less than stellar performances at times. Um, I know for me, I have Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker who have been top 10 uh, this year. Um, I, I Obviously, you mentioned that you had gotten running backs as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure who – I'm trying to think of who Amar's running backs are. Um, I can um, check right now for you. Yeah. Mr. Scream Face Emoji. Mr. Scream Face oh, Emoji. Oh, Jonathan Taylor and Eckler. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and I don't know who it was before Jonathan Taylor. It was Moss. Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Okay. <laughs> Just so, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with either of those either. And then uh, Andrew Litwin. Um, uh, Bijan, David Montgomery. Yeah. And if, um, if Arthur Bijan. Smith, yeah, <laughs> Arthur Smith acts up, then he can <laughs> substitute Raheem Mostert. Yeah, which is a great. Yeah. "Quote unquote substitute uh, today he dominated so yeah. Uh, yeah I mean I think that's a common theme is that all the good teams have two good running backs that have been performing well and uh, obviously wide receivers are important too but I think the running backs are a key to those teams that are performing well which as you know generally I mean you don't think of the running back as as a big factor it's a wide receiver league it's PPR but I think due to the fact that me personally, this is just my thoughts. Um, I think due to the fact that there are there's a scarcity in the running backs in terms of a lot of running backs with committees or running backs like Gus Edwards who really just they rush and get touchdowns, they don't catch the ball. I think there's a scarcity in good running backs, and I think that uh, that is necessary to to actually have a winning team. Is that you can find a lot of wide receivers, get a lot of receptions, and and you know make up the points that way. Yeah. Exactly. Like every year you're going to find people. These are two very different players, but like Adam Thielen or Demario Douglas, like yeah. which especially Tank in Dell. Yeah. And these half PPR formats, like these types of players are super valuable. Um, but you do have to get lucky with the running backs on end. And I think like um, I'm looking at Lewin's team right now. Um, you know, I think Raheem Mostert for whatever reason was just not, like appreciated people like no yeah. Devon A chain or um, Jeff Wilson will take his job or most or, or even just like there's a committee right like Mike Dan is going to use three running backs yeah. and you never know who's going to get the ball on any given week yeah and it's just Raheem again and again yeah. because Devon A chain cannot stay on the field so um yeah and you just yeah you just kind of have to get lucky and I definitely did not because I had Ramondre Stevenson and like nobody after that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, so I had to give up a lot of extra cash. Um, 
So sometimes you have, yeah, sometimes you have to, or I think I took a chance on Josh Kelly. That's what I did when Eckler got injured. That yeah, did that not did work not out work. well. No. Whereas like Nardo picked up Kyron week one instead of Josh Kelly. Whoops. And then um, that, that was a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And, and I think uh, one of the things that I looked at is, you know, who are the running backs that were drafted this year in the NFL draft? And, um, you know, Nardo just recently re- really, he had signed Roshan Johnson to a multi-year deal and he had recently just released him. And part of that, I don't know if that's one, because Roshan's not really getting many carries, but then also I think part of it is just, is the Bears offense going to be good enough to be able to support that. Um, and then you look at just some of the other running backs that were drafted. There were not a lot of running backs that were drafted this year, uh, especially running backs that were drafted high within the top two rounds for sure. Um, and third round running backs, you'll sometimes get good ones. But I mean, for example, Tank Bigsby, definitely not surpassing Travis Etienne. Yeah, if people um, are wondering who Tank Bigsby was <laughs> or is, uh, that was Kieran's sleeper of the year. Um, did not turn out quite well for Mr. Bigsby. Let's just put it that way. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Tank Bigsby, uh, I'm, I'm blanking now. I, I can't. Are you, thinking, are you trying to think of, uh, third round running backs? Third round. Uh, yeah. Running oh, backs. I, I was Devon, just, Devon A-Chain was drafted third in third round. Yeah. He, he's been good when he's been on the field. He's been amazing. Yeah, when he's, he's on, on the field, field, he's been, he's been good. Um, so that Devon A-Chain definitely is, is working out well, but. Uh, I don't think, I mean, if you look at it, Bijan Robinson, he's supposed to be like the next up and coming. The problem is Arthur Smith's not using him that no. way at all. I mean, you draft him to what, number uh, eight? eight? Yeah. And you would think that he would get, but it's like Kyle Pitts all over again and Drake London all over again, where you're like, these are three amazingly talented players who are just having their careers wasted because of Arthur Smith. Um, who is four and six, and Arthur Blank seemingly apparently has no plans to fire him now or after the season, which I... The thing is, like, you can't deny that he's, like, an amazing offensive coach. Like, the scheme, the design, like, he... Like, he can create things with nobody that look very, very good. But they, the problem is, is that they keep investing. Like they give him all these great, talented players, and he's like, "Nah, let me throw to Cardero Hodge instead." <laughs> you know, Janu Smith, uh, Michael Pruitt. You can be the top two tight ends this week. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it it doesn't make sense that like he has such talented players. Like just. Just give it to them. Yeah. Just give them the ball. I, like it's not. It's, yeah. it's what Detroit is doing with Jameer Gibbs. They are they. You know they're giving David Montgomery the ball, but they're also giving Jameer Gibbs the ball a lot because they realize this guy's really talented. Mm-hmm. He should probably touch the ball. And as the season has gone along, he's gotten more and more touches um, than than obviously as a rookie. And just it's it's going to probably become even more so next year that Jameer Gibbs is going to get the ball more, but. You look at just the number of running backs that were drafted, the number of running backs that are playing, it's not a lot. And then I looked at the draft prospects for next year, just like CBS draft prospects, running back rankings. The first running back is ranked 45th. 45th. And I'm like, okay, well, the first running back is like mid-second round, and that's CBS's rankings. I'm like, there's very possible they could go late second round. You don't – and then you look at just a list of running backs. There's not a lot of them being drafted in the top four rounds. Um, the, the running back pool is lessening. And I think that's just going to make that running back 
position more important, um, especially because if you think about it as a player, if you're a college athlete or a high school athlete and you're asked to play, hey, what position you want to play? You're the most talented person on the team. You're not playing running back anymore because guess what? You see all these running backs not making their bag. Yeah. These wide receivers are making money. So quarterback, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive lineman. Yeah. That's where you're going to play. Right. And so then because of that, you'd have the, the crop is going to be less. And it's showing as you see these prospects that some of these guys are just not as good. The wide receivers are very talented. Marvin Harrison Jr., for example, like the best wide receiver prospect potentially in history, short of Calvin Johnson. Like, have you heard of Randy Moss? Uh, that's true. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. I'm sorry. How could I? That is, yeah, that is actually, yeah, really. No joke. This is really bad on my part for forgetting yeah. Randy Moss. <laughs> like, seriously, I can't believe myself. Um, wow. Uh, actually, Randy Moss, uh, funny story. They were talking about it on uh, this past weekend. He got spurned by Jerry Jones because uh, the Cowboys said they were going to select him. And did not select him. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jerry Jones uh, really wanted Who did they pick? I, they picked some sort of, I don't know, offensive, uh, defensive defensive uh, lineman. They oh. picked a defensive lineman instead of Randy Moss. And and in the very first the reason to talk about it is because um, in Randy Moss's game against Dallas, he had the, uh, they talk about it, he had the best stat line. Three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Yes. All against Dallas. Oof. And, and it was just a big, like, hey, you should have effing drafted me type of thing. Because it was his rookie year, too. And so, and then, and I guess at some point, uh, at some point later, I guess Jerry Jones at, at one point did go to Randy Moss on the sideline. I don't know. I don't believe it was that game. But it, he, he mentioned that Jerry Jones did come by and just say, hey, I'm sorry for not drafting you. Like, he apologized. Because they every indication had them drafting him. Even they had said, like, they Jerry Jones – I'd seen it. One of their scouts stood up in the room and was like, this guy is the best wide receiver prospect I've ever seen in my life. And they still <laughs> did not draft him. So, uh, yeah, sorry to Randy Moss. <laughs> very, very much yeah. so. At least they did draft. I mean, I don't know this guy at all. His name is Greg Ellis, apparently. Yeah. Um, don't know who he is, but he did make a pro bowl. He so did. There's something, he you know, did. it could be worse. Like but, the, the Bears drafted a guy named Curtis Enos, a running back. Yeah. Not great. Uh, no, but so, um, but yeah, because of that, I, I think other sort of like, there's a lot of wide receivers out there that are good prospect wise. And you look at the draft prospects, a lot of wide receivers going in that first round, not a lot of running backs, just in general, not in the first round, but in the second round and so on. So running back position in fantasy football, I think is actually getting more important despite PPR. That's kind of, so my long explanation of that. Yeah, and also like um, I, I do think it's like the scheme and like the perfect type of player. Like Zach Moss did nothing for the first however many years of career, and then like in Buffalo, in Buffalo, and even on like Indianapolis last year, right? Like he didn't do much, um, and then all of a sudden he gets an opportunity, and like he can ball out. Uh, also, I was watching highlights of the Jets and Miami game today. Yeah. Darrington Evans, who was on the Miami practice squad, got signed to the Bears when all they had all the running back injuries. Then he got cut, signed back to Miami. He's looking great. Right? And that's like a fifth-string running back on any given team. Yeah. Like, there's, 
Yeah. There, there's so many solid running backs, and the Chargers can't find any of them, minus Eckler. Like, it's, yes, it's, solid, it's impressive. Yes, a solid backup to Eckler, yeah. yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year when Eckler leaves because they didn't sign him. Uh, I mean, you got Justin Herbert. You can't surround him with nothing. Who knows? I mean, there's. I, I say it's interesting, but it's like one of the things is there's a lot of running back free agents next year as well. Saquon Barkley. Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Ooh, uh, which, cool. I mean, a lot of people are like, is Derrick Henry washed up? Because you watch him with the Titans. But I think part of that, to your point, is the scheme. Uh, the Titans right now, just they don't have a quarterback. I mean, you could say Will Levis, but let's – let's. I mean, they're also splitting carries with him and Taji Spears. Um, it's, I don't – I think him on the right situation could do really well, but we'll see how that goes. And there's a lot, like I said, a lot of running backs out there, free agent wise, that are going to be moving around teams. Eckler's one of them. So, um, yeah, that's uh, kind of, I don't know, my thoughts on the running back position in fantasy football and where it's going in general for the years to come. So I am very glad I have running backs and I'm hoping that uh, it makes a difference. Yeah. Nothing else. I just I wanted to throw the floor to you in case you had anything else to say, but I, I no, guess you're good. You're yeah, good with I, that. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but running backs are there. And okay. Go Darrington Evans. Um, and I just want to throw it to right now. So uh, we talked about our fantasy football league and a little bit more about fantasy football. Some of the stuff that I've heard over the last couple of weeks about some fantasy football stuff. So one, um, you know, one of the things, I don't know if we talked about this, but there you, you're in a league where, and I've heard of this. I've had a couple other people at work talk to me about leagues where, uh, you know, how they do the records is you basically play the opponents that you're playing and you have a win-loss record based off of that. But then however many points you score for the week, you are also playing the av- – is the average or the median? Median. The median. You are playing against the median. How is there a median if there's 12? It's between it's the average, the average between. between the two. Yeah. Okay, so it's the average between the two – which yeah 50 percent. if you're yeah it's the 50 percentile of okay so uh basically you your your score against that average and or median whatever i whatever it is it gets you your other record so then you can finish a week oh and two one and one or two and oh that's correct and it it, i guess to to a lot of people it makes it fair in the sense that hey even if you have let's say like the the most points in the league but you're losing a lot uh had to had for some reason um, or second most points, or third most points, you're still going to have a very good record. Yep. So that's one fantasy football format that I've heard about. Another fantasy football format that I recently got told about was uh, from one of our league members, Austin, told me about a league format where you start off with uh, 18 teams, and every single week the lowest scoring team gets eliminated. Yeah, the guillotine. Yeah, the guillotine league. Okay, yeah. I'd never, I'd, I'd, I'd heard of guillotine, but I never actually knew what that concept was. In the sense that you you have your lowest scoring team get eliminated, those players go to the waiver. You have a certain budget. Um, that's a pretty cool league. I mean, he showed me his roster. It's, it's stacked right now because he's still alive, and he's <laughs> one of I think seven or yeah. or something teams still alive. So, um, I yeah, it's 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 pretty. That's a pretty cool concept as well. So I don't know if you have any other fantasy football type of leagues that you know of that like are a little bit different than the traditional. Like ours is different than traditional for sure. I don't know if you Not know, the scoring. Not the scoring, but the, the, the management of your team and, yes. and the ability to trade. I know 
that is that is significantly different than any other league. Yeah, I think, and I I think we might like we definitely differ in that every transaction costs like a pickup cost money, and so um, that also like makes it like you're like, do I pick up like a running back for that I need for this week, or do I pick up somebody with more long term upside? Like it makes it like th- those decisions are more challenging. Um, the only other um, oh, I did want to go back to the um, the median score league. Yeah, so basically, if you score in the top half of the points, you're guaranteed a win, essentially. Um, so yeah, there is like a sense of fairness in that aspect, and it does kind of like it does remove some of the randomness uh, to it. Um, the other one, the only other format that I like that you didn't bring up was points per first down, which uh, I think is just inherently better like that is what you are going for yes you know like like there's no reason i should be excited when a running back catches a Uh, negative two yard pass i'm like that's positive points baby there we go good job alvin kamara david Derek carr keep checking it down love it love it love it like but when that player stretches out for a first down it means nothing in fantasy football unless you have points for first down correct and like that is worth way much more like if if he's fighting for it and like reaching over but if a quarterback tosses it forward to you that's worth a point um similar like then like i'm like wondering like how jalen hurts would do in those type of leagues because like that tush push boom 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 right like you just get those points every single time um but yeah it's just worth more so i'm like why not like or even if it's a long pass like if it's third and 20 and you catch like a 15 yard pass why do you, why should you get an extra point? You know? Right. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent because like it, it takes out maybe, I think what it does is it takes out some of the quote unquote garbage stats that are out there. Um, and it, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all, yeah. what do you value when you're trying to count yeah. a stat? I would also, this I've never seen, well, kind of I've seen done, but the like, quarterbacks can either have like they're either prone to throwing interceptions because they're aggressive. They're either prone to having a lot of incompletions because they'll just throw the ball away. Yes. Or they'll take a lot of sacks because they're waiting for the play to happen. But in most fantasy football formats, we only penalize the interceptions. And so obviously it can't be a straight one-to-one, but I'm wondering, is there a way to do like 0.2, negative 0.2 for every incompletion the quarterback has, or for every sack, that's a negative point. Yeah. And like an interception is negative two or negative, like figure, I I don't know what that, like a nice fair breakdown would be, but like then, um, because then it just like rewards, or it, it doesn't reward like super cautious people or people who just eat sacks all the time. And then just build up stats, even though they're getting a bunch of sacks. I I am in a league currently where sacks are minus one. Excellent. Okay. And uh, it was great at first when I realized, like, I was like, oh man, I'm playing. It was San Francisco versus Minnesota. I was like, I was like, oh man, I'm going to dominate this because they're going to sack Kirk Cousins like on Monday night football or whatever it was. I'm like, there's no way San Francisco is not going to destroy them. And every time that Kirk Cousins gets sacked, 
San Francisco is going to get a point, and Kirk Cousins is going to get negative one points. That's a two-point spread for every sack. Yeah. Except Kirk Cousins decided that was the day he was not going to get sacked at all <laughs> and dominate the 49ers, and I ended up losing because of that. So thank you, Kirk Cousins, for ruining my, my week there. But, yeah, I, I think minus one per sack. Um, it, it actually – I mean, you look at it, and it's it's actually really not that bad when you look at um, the scores that, that quarterbacks are getting. It, it seems to be fair – Minus okay. one per sack. Um, you know, granted, it's also minus one per interception uh, at that point. Um, really? Okay. Because I yes. I, so I I, I I I would think that it, I think an interception is way worse than a sack. Uh, I guess it depends. I mean, right? Like, because typically when a quarterback takes a sack, for the most part, that drive will end in a punt. I mean, yes. usually drives ending in a punt if you take but a But a sack. punt still gives you some field advantage. It does. It does. Well, it depends on how far the interception is. Yeah, that's true. Although if you are Tim Boyle and you throw an interception as a Hail Mary into the end zone and Javon Holland decides he wants to run it back for 99 yards, you feel like crap. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, for those of you that didn't see it, that happened today. And uh, it was spectacular. Mike McDaniels ran out on the field like – like a little kid. It was great. Um, but, yeah, that's I, – I mean, there are definitely uh, options to do that. That's actually maybe something to bring up as a change for – I don't know if it will be for next year or for something for us to just think about in the future of, like, hey, if we do want to look into some of this stuff, is that something that we want to do? Minus yeah. one for a sack or even minus a half a point for a sack if we if we don't want yeah. it to be as It'll significant. Be yeah. yeah, a half a point yeah. per, per oh, sack. Yeah. The other thing I would like, um, I don't know why, it just annoys me. Like, if the defense forces a fumble, that should be a point. And then the next point should be if you recover it. So instead of just... Ah, okay. Instead of two points yeah. for a fumble, recovery. It, yeah. Just I, force fumble one, recovery fumble one. So the sack would be a point. The force fumble would be a point. Is what you're trying to... Okay. Yeah. Because or or if it's just on the field of play and you you know force fumble from a skill player, mm-hmm. okay. Um, because that's something like if we're giving the receivers a point for catching the ball, whether or not it makes an impact on the actual drive or not, we'll give defensive players a point for pushing the ball to the ground. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so those are those are the different fantasy football leagues. Again, like I said, ours is a little different too. I know I've had a coworker of mine ask us for our constitution, and <laughs> and uh, I gave him the constitution, and he is attempting to try and get the folks in his league, the folk, the folks that he knows, to to follow it because he has heard me talk about. It. He's like, it is he he thinks it's cool, and I, I I think all of us would agree it's it's been a very awesome experience yeah. to be able to be in this league, to be able to be a GM. Even and like, we actually it's weird. I actually like this better than real rooting for our NFL teams because we actually have control over our teams and like the ability to, to control like who we want on our roster. We can spend as much money as we want on somebody. Like this is our true like okay, let's see how you're doing type of thing. And uh, I think it's great because of that. So uh, if you do want our constitution, if you do want to learn more about our league or try and have yourself do the league. Uh, by all means, hit us up uh, at GridironFFF on Instagram. Or if you know one of us that's in the league, feel free to ask us and be like, hey, can you send us the constitution that you guys have? Yes, we have a constitution. 
and it has all of our amendments in it and what we've done in the past and what we voted on, uh, we can send you like like a screenshot of our spreadsheet just so you can kind of see the format that goes yeah. along with the spreadsheet. It's not as complex as you would make think it to be. It really isn't. It's a simple spreadsheet and it just says each week, like who got picked up and who got dropped. It's not difficult. Uh, if you yeah. have a job, you can do the same thing. And most of you should hopefully have jobs. You're playing fantasy football, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it does take a little bit more work on commissioners and yeah, commissioners slash if it, it's better probably I think we found this out is is probably better to have multiple people. You have a yeah. commissioner, you have a treasurer, um, and having everyone active in the league is is good as well. Very much so. Yeah, you just need buy-in and commitment from however many people you're you're doing or you're doing the league with. Yeah. And, yeah, there's someone who came into the league later, um, and I kind of inherited a franchise. You know, it was cool to see what you guys built already, and you know, made it. Um, and then, fantasy football is all about football, and there's a lot of things that have happened in football in the last six weeks as well. Joe Burrow is out for the season, uh, torn ligament in his uh, wrist, I believe it is. Um, you have several other injuries today. Uh, Jalen Phillips had an Achilles tear that they showed in slow motion on live TV or for some reason, I don't know why it's just Amazon deciding to be Amazon, but, uh, Kirk Cousins also has a, is it an Achilles as well? Or, Achilles. uh, torn Achilles, uh, Aaron Rodgers is supposedly kind of quote unquote, come back to practice next week from his torn Achilles that he suffered in week one. And he claims he's going to play in week 16, uh, and I know a show before I before before we get to that, I will, I'll, I'll I'll circle back around to that so you can comment on that. You have some very strong opinions on that, and uh, I'll get back to that. Uh, so that that injury has happened. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, a player that I personally am not a fan of in any way, um, he is out for the season due to shoulder surgery, um, and somehow the Browns are still winning despite losing their quarterback, running back, and one of their best offensive linemen, um, which most teams would not do well with uh, at all. Uh, at, I mean, yeah. So there, kudos to that defense uh, that is dominating. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think if there are any other significant injuries that have happened in the last six weeks. Six um, weeks. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like Mike Williams got injured. Uh, yeah, that was that was a while ago. That, that that I think that happened prior, but um, yeah, it, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Yes, that's true. Team. Yeah, I mean that that team, granted, was getting sacked at an incredibly high rate, but Daniel Jones is out for the season, and uh, Darren Waller was has been out as well, which is fortunate for me because I traded him away and then he got injured. <laughs> so sorry, Austin, but I'm not sorry. Um, I've had it happen worse to me with Robert Woods. Tearing an ACL the next day in practice, not even in a game, yeah. in practice. So it is – I am I have no regrets whatsoever or no no sympathy, I guess is what I should say. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, those are most of the major injuries. Again, if there's others, they, they've, they've happened. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries. Wait, can you hear that? I think that was Kadaris Tony's knee. Oh, he, ste- he stepped wrong going outside to get the newspaper. Uh, he's, a very, he's a very fragile man. 
Yeah, uh, not an injury, but Jimmy Garoppolo was was ousted as long along with Josh McDaniels, uh, and now Aiden O'Connell is starting in place, and Antonio Pierce is leading the Raiders as the head coach. First, first uh, head coach to be fired, Josh McDaniels. Uh, might be the only one because at this point it's like it's pretty late in the season. At this yeah. point, I don't, I can't, I don't see owners really firing anyone before the end of the season. Um, so, might be the only one uh, there. But uh, yeah, uh, with that said, I'm gonna go back to Aaron Rodgers because you obviously have some strong opinions about the man saying that he is going to practice next week and he's going to play in Week 16. What are your thoughts on A.A. Ron Rodgers coming back from his Achilles tear? Dear listeners, there is not a bigger eye roll than I can do when I hear that Aaron Rodgers is claiming that he will be back for week 16. So it'll be four months after he tore his Achilles. Um, Previously, it was about... Uh, uh, Less than four months. Less than four months. Because he he tore his Achilles, what, September 11th? September 11th. Uh, and it'll be December 24th, I believe, is the date he is looking to come back. So it'll be three and a half, half months. months. Three and a half months. Whereas previously the record was Cam Akers, who tore it, what was it, late July or beginning of August? I beginning think beginning of, of August. And he is, came back basically February? Uh, I believe I believe it was late January is technically yeah. when he started so it's practicing. Actually, yeah, yeah, five or six months. Yep. Um, and even then, that was considered amazing. Yeah. Um, so the one thing that Aaron Rodgers has going for him is that he does not rely on explosiveness. So in that regard, yeah, he can. Like, is it is it reasonable to expect that he can? If he literally just did the, like late era Ben Roethlisberger and just step step throw and do nothing else, like the ball is out very quick, yeah. It, he can do that. Like that, that, that might be possible. He can, like, could he physically get on the field and do that? Yes. Will he be a competent quarterback? I do not think so. Do Plus, you, I, I'm I also. Guess... This is what just makes me upset and just, just pissed off at Aaron Rodgers because this guy is just an attention whore diva, and he, like, he just wants the focus to be on him um, because. He knows he can say that. He can say, oh, yeah, I'll be ready for week 16. There, He knows full well that there's no chance that the Jets management lets him go out on that field when they're, like, what, five and nine, and there's no shot to make the playoffs for them. There's absolutely no shot, or there's no chance that they'll do that because that jeopardizes next year for them too. So there's no point. Uh, also... What the um, season has clearly shown is that some of his people that he brought in, Nathaniel Hackett, Tim Boyle, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, um, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I don't don't know that he brought in Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook chose to go there because he was there. He's not, you know, Aaron Rodgers and him have never played together, so... But I agree. All the other players you mentioned, yes. I, I, I refuse to believe that the Jets front office, who is comes from the Philadelphia like um, system, who do not value paying running backs, gave six million dollars to a decidedly not great running back last year, 
instead of going for a cheaper option. Like I said, Darrington Evans, Deontay Foreman, like there are all these people, you know, that were there and available. They could have drafted another guy in the like, yeah. late. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers um, may have, if they had asked him, like, hey, do you think we should sign Dalvin Cook? Uh, you know, he might have swayed him towards yes because he's seen him for so many years. But I guess so. My question to you is on Aaron Rodgers potentially playing. You mentioned that you know he will not be able to be a competent quarterback if he's out there. I guess uh, for those of us that are not, you know, doctors or well versed in in the, the anatomy and, and biological uh, aspects of human beings, um, Aaron Rodgers he goes out there. He's under center. He's in shotgun. Right. Let's let's assume he's going to yeah. be in shotgun all the time. Yeah, there's right? no he's way not he's not taking snaps. There's okay. absolutely no way he's taking a he's, snap. He's 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 in shotgun. Uh, Think about this. Hold on, look hold on. look how bad Joe Burrow yeah. looked with a strained calf muscle. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, could could he could he? You mentioned he could do step step throw, so he could be a quote unquote Tom Brady pocket like passer just in the pocket. Is that correct? Or am I? Yes. He okay. Can. And if he takes, so I guess my question here, my question here is just get patience, patience. My question here is what is the risk in terms of when he, in terms of re-injury, if somebody sacks him, is it just like, hey, boom, like the, the, the ligament's going to tear again, or the, not the ligament, the, yeah, is it a ligament? the Achilles is going to tear again. The tendon, yeah. Yeah, uh, the tendon. Is it, is it just like, hey, somebody sacks him, is the lig- tendon's going to tear again? Is it just significantly easy for it to tear right now? Like what is the state of the, of the Achilles tendon right now to give people an idea of what it is that like makes it so hard for him to like, obviously running is, and I will say this running is not, at least for the last couple of years has not been his main game for most of his career. Correct. He has made a, made a killing out of being able to go out of the pocket. But uh, I guess if you could give some detail on where, where you think it's at right now and like what the reasonings are behind him then not being able to sustain being in the pocket and being a competent quarterback. Okay. So going to the, like the medical side of it and like, I'll be honest, I'm not too sure on like how quickly I have, I seen Achilles repairs and like witnessed, like or, like kind of followed up in recovery. Like when I was, when I was, especially when I was at med school. Yes. Um, Obviously, there's a difference between an average person that I've kind of witnessed and a, you know, a legitimate or like not a, a premier athlete. Yeah, a premier athlete, like at the highest level. Um, so I'll be honest, I, any number I would give on the percentage of like tear or like how yeah. not strong it is, is arbitrary. But like unless there's some way that like his tissue grows and strengthens at a faster rate than a normal human like I, the other thing is i don't think any surgeon's gonna clear him that early because like i guess like there's but to the question is there uh what the, the risk of re-injury like how what is the risk of re- like how can you re-injure his Achilles is trying to. Oh, how? Yeah. Anytime he plants his foot on the ground, it, it, it will it will tear again. Well, right. Think about it. If you're planting yeah. your heel on the ground, yeah, and then you're just trying to shift your weight, that stretches the Achilles. And it's, if it's not fully, if it's you're yeah. you're saying at this point in the recovery process for 
even just for premier athletes at this point in the recovery process, most Achilles are not hundred percent healed. Yeah. I would say to the point where if you're putting strain on it, it could easily cause it to re tear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's more like, again, I don't have any hard data. Unfortunately, I, I should have been more prepared. I'll be honest. I did not expect, um, to go more in depth though, but I'll, I'll take a look and maybe get back to you on that. Um, but there's just like, there's so many factors that like, so he can say like, oh, they're whole, it's like when it's the hold me back. Like when basketball players are like trying to fight, like he knows full well that the Jets organization and his surgeon are like, no, you can't do it. But he can look tough and say, oh yeah, I could do it. I'll be back. And there's no way he's going to be back. And like, even if he is like, I don't think there's like any chance that, the Jets are in position to make a run for him to be worth for it to be worth it um, on the organizational side. I understand that uh, as a point of pride for him and as a kind of like F you to every, all the doubters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he would love to do it. Um, but I just, I just so don't I, think there's, I guess if, if he were to re injure it now, yeah. let's say, let's say December 24th, he decides he wants to play in that game. All of a sudden, boom, re-injures his Achilles. So then he's at uh, basically near the end of December. You're talking beginning of the season is September timeframe. If he re-tears it and he, then is there, is it worse than yeah. the first time? Yeah. Cause number one, you didn't allow it to reheal, So you're already dealing with damaged tissue and then you're trying to reattach. Uh, like it's going to be even a longer, a longer healing process because, um, the like there, there's scar tissue there's okay but it's, it's worse than the initial time that he tore it then. yeah for sure okay so it, i mean because i'm thinking you know the if you look at the initial time for an achilles repair typically they say roughly around 12 months yeah uh as a premier athlete could he do 10 or 11 possibly i think so i think yeah. nine is actually a very reasonable right and, um, and especially as a quarterback with him not needing to be able to move as much and honestly, they could wait for him. Like, you know, let's say the first four weeks, they don't want to come on. They'll have a backup quarterback in there. and then Hopefully. Yeah, uh, hopefully. And then they'll have him come on. And so, you know, he could potentially wait 10, 10 months, right? And then he'd be ready for the season. So I think, I think from that standpoint, you know, the risk is, hey, do you want to play to – does he want to play those last three weeks? And I think part of does he want to play those last three weeks, I, I do think, like, yeah, the Jets themselves, there's a part of them that may not want to, but if he has enough time to recover, uh, one of the things that you can see is Aaron Rodgers, how he plays with this team and kind of what improve, improvements need to be made when it's with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's very hard to I, – I will say this. You have Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. They're very bad at what they're doing. And I think it's uh, one of those things where you want to see, like, what improvements do you need to make in the offseason uh, with Aaron Rodgers – as your quarterback and, and, you know, like, how does he look like, who's he throwing to, what's he doing? And I think that might help them. Cause I know what part of the talks at the trade deadline was them trying to trade for Devonte Adams. And I guess for this year, it wouldn't really help them much. Right. I mean, you think about it and Zach Wilson is a quarterback. Tim Boyle is like, all right, is, is Rogers is coming back? Sure. Maybe, but again, that's going to be much, much later in the season, even if it happens. And then they're looking at potentially doing, the same thing in the offseason, hey, we're going to try and trade for Devontae Adams, uh, which would give them Adams and Garrett Wilson. 
But is that really what they need or is the offensive line help? Is it something else that they need that they're just not seeing? And maybe by putting Rodgers in, they'll see, okay, yeah, no, we do need another wide receiver. Or maybe they'll realize like we got what we need a wide receiver, but like this offensive line needs to be revamped way more. And like trying to figure that out. I'm just, you know, playing. Actually, I I don't think it's as bad of an idea or like, I'm actually I'm actually way more in favor of trading for Devontae Adams than you seem to be if I was on the Jets because it's all about oh. having players that just gel yeah. with Rodgers. Yes. That's a problem. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I, I think if they could fit it, I just don't know what they would have to give up. That defense is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you could get that offense to be semi-competent, Super Bowl contender easily. And, and I think, yeah, if you get – I mean, you saw him and Devontae Adams in Green Bay were just bread and butter. They so good together. And then you throw in the fact that Kara Wilson is freaking amazing. And he would be just like, oh, you're going to double team Devontae? I'll just throw it to Garrett Wilson. And yeah. It's just like, no, you can't do that. And that's the beauty of it, along with Brees Hall in the backfield just doing 80-yard runs on uh, on his first year back from his injury last year so. Uh, no, I, I do think it would be good. I just don't know what they would reasonably give up for Devontae. So salary-wise. Give up whatever. Joe, Sal- if Joe, Joe yeah. Douglas and Robert Sala are going to get fired next True. year if this doesn't True. work out anyway. So they shouldn't care. They should go for broke next year, trade for Devontae Adams, um, and you know upgrade, you know shore up the offensive line, which not their fault. A lot of injuries there. Um, so, you know, it's not – Although it is their fault because Mackay Becton keeps getting injured. Yeah, he's Dwayne not... Brown is like 38 years old. Yep. Um, and, you know, like relying on often injured and super old players, not a great strategy. Um, but, like, like, everybody can see, like, the foundation is there. Yeah. But, and, like, especially on defense. Defense Hands is top-notch. down. Top-notch. But... The problem is, is like, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett will be there because... Because Aaron Rodgers believes yeah, wants, yeah. yeah. He likes him. He's his buddy. Yeah. That, that's his buddy. And, like, same thing with Tim Boyd. That's his buddy. Which is, I guess, fine. Yeah. You know? But when it goes downhill, like, it goes downhill quickly because they... they Those people can't actually do the job that they're being paid to do. Yeah. They're being paid because they're Aaron Rodgers' buddies. They're they're not like they're not a good offensive play designer or quarterback player. And then in Randall Cobb's case, unfortunately, just he's old. Yeah, just he's old. He's just there. He's there to help uh, Garrett Wilson and the other wide receivers realize, hey, this is what Rodgers wants. This is how you're supposed yeah. to do things. Um, Which there is some value to, like, yeah. but he has to be like the last receiver like the fifth receiver the sixth receiver sure um you know they whiffed on nicole hardman which i could have told and they, you they and traded, i have told people yes they traded him away care. they traded they traded him away they did the they did the right thing so but yes um we have talked a lot about the jets uh it's just an easy franchise it is to like, it is like yep no no because you I, can like i agree right? we're not like football experts by any stretch but like no. I yeah. think everyone can see it. Everyone yeah. can see it. So um, we talked a lot about the Jets. Uh, I just want to give a real quick uh, public service announcement. The Miami Dolphins are on hard knocks in season. 
Oh yeah, when did that um, start? That has started already. Uh, apparently, first, they, first episode is out. The first episode is apparently already out. Oh okay. Uh, I I have not seen it, but um, excited to see. It's a a winning team you know, yeah. versus last year. It's a very eccentric head coach. Uh, you got. I mean, I think I think seeing bad teams function is very oh, valuable. Like, absolutely. Watching the Arizona Cardinals organization realize showed me I was like, this team is awful, and this is what they're showing. Yeah. To the cameras. This yeah. is. So uh, the Dolphins did not want to do it, but they are basically forced to do it. So uh, Dolphins are the in-season hard knocks for those of you that have HBO Max. Uh, you know, feel free to watch it. And um, I'm sure it's going to be good as football. So. Yeah, we should do a recap next week. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the uh, only thing else that I got to say is, um, again, if, if you guys are looking for – off topics uh, at the Reach Metro podcast. That's where it's going to be. Uh, me personally, I will not be doing it on the gridiron unless it just comes up naturally. So, um, with that, I'm going to turn it over to you to any final thoughts before we sign off. No, I mean, well, I guess the only final thought I had was um, I feel there's been a surprising amount of bad coaching this year way more than usual um like whether it's you know nathaniel hackett matt canada um i'm trying to think who else nobody's name sticks out right now but you know there's just like or like and and not just bad but like teams that we thought were going to make the leap like the jaguars offense um the Browns, just like whatever they're doing, like, yeah, it's just there's just think, a lot of the, there's a lot of meh in yeah. the NFL. Like there's no even the Eagles, who are, I still think are like what nine one. They're nine one, but they don't look yeah. It's just like amazing. Like and I does was anybody like, believe like they 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 lost to the Jets? Yes, they somehow lost to the Jets. That's their only loss is to the yeah. Jets with Zach Wilson with Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, so. It's just like the, it's the Rams. The Rams actually look competent. Like they've lost a decent number of games, but they look competent. It's um, something that I don't think anyone was expecting at all at the start of the season. Yeah, and um, I think yes. I actually yeah. Well, let's turn let's end it on a positive note. Then yeah, Sean McVay, good coach. Like he's taking a bunch of undrafted people, low round um, uh, draft picks, and he's making it work. And like you know, it obviously helps when you have like. Matt Stafford as your offensive like tentpole, and then Aaron Donald as the defensive, and you can kind of, you know, work your way around it. But yeah, he's coached up these players. Like the team is hungry; they're young. You know, they're obviously not like making the playoffs this year, most likely. But you know, like they can take pride in being competitive and like. Like, he actually doesn't, like, unlike Kyle Shanahan, who looks like just the job has gotten to him and he has aged horribly since he has become a head coach. Like, despite, like, all the issues in, like, McVay's personal life, like, with his uh, in-laws being in Ukraine and the birth of his child and just, like, being overwhelmed, like, very visibly overwhelmed last year and just stressed out beyond belief. Like, I think this year he actually looks like he's enjoying himself on the sideline and, like, 
having fun. Like nobody's having as much fun as Mike McDaniel, but yeah. I think I think part of it, you know, uh, and uh, Melvin, if you're listening, I think part of it might be that McVeigh has a Super Bowl and Shanahan doesn't. No, that guy was still miserable after the Super Bowl, and like it, like it still wears on him. And uh, you know, it's it's about what is it? Like happiness is expectations minus reality is like the um like the equation that somebody has said um and so you know they have lower expectations for sure but um yeah we'll see but yes melvin kyle shanahan does not have a super bowl ring